Thanks for tuning in to the Embodied Astrology Podcast. I'm Renee Sills, consulting astrologer, somatic practitioner, and embodiment educator. Your Capricorn season reading was recorded as part of the Embodied Astrology 2024 extended year ahead with astrology dates and timing for your sign. If what you hear in this season's episode resonates, you'll definitely want to check out your year ahead reading. These annual offerings are epic and the results of over two months of research and preparation with this year's astrology. They're ready for download now and they include an hour-long intuitive divination and channeled reading for your sign, along with an additional overview exploring key dates and timing for 2024's astrology, with suggestions for working with this year's main themes, opportunities, and challenges through embodied energetic awareness practices. If you enjoy my monthly and annual readings, join me sometime in my weekly class, Somatic Space, where we attune with the astrological symbolism of the week ahead through guided meditation, visualization, and gentle and healing movement practices. We meet live on Zoom every Monday from 8 to 9.30 a.m. Pacific, and you can always tune in with the recordings if you can't attend live. For those of you interested in working more deeply with your own chart, learning to read charts for others, Or if you're an astrologer interested in working with a somatic approach, you might be interested in my foundation's course, Your Chart is a Body. I'll be starting a new cohort in March with the Aries season equinox, and registration is opening soon. Check the show notes for more details on all of my offerings and upcoming events. You can find written transcripts of all of my season-ahead horoscopes in Embodied Astrology's virtual membership community. When you become a member, you'll also get access to the Embodied Astrology blog, and an audio-video library of astrologically-themed embodiment practices and meditations. Your donations and memberships sustain these ongoing free offerings. If you would like to support this work, please make sure to follow, subscribe, and leave a great review. Follow the links in the show notes or go to embodiedastrology.com to make a one-time or recurring donation or to learn more about the different levels of Embodied Astrology membership. Thank you so much for your support. Now onto your Capricorn season horoscope. So let's start off with Capricorn season. And Capricorn season actually started last year in 2023. The solstice, beginning of Capricorn season on December 21st, uh, was the day before the Mercury Kazemi I've been loving saying that word so much in these readings. I'm going to say it a bunch in this last few hours. Uh, Kazemi is a very special word. It refers to a very special moment of planetary alignment with the sun from our perspective on earth. It is when a planet is aligned with our view of the sun in such a way that it completely disappears. And the ancients said that the planet was entering the heart of the sun at that point. And the idea here then is that solar consciousness um, infuses that kind of planetary ray. And in that infusion, there is new consciousness growing uh, in our bodies and on earth. It's like a seed being planted. Um, Mercury Kazemis happen in different ways. They happen when Mercury is retrograde and also when Mercury is direct. Uh, Retrograde motion is an apparent phenomena here on Earth because planets are moving at different speeds. Um, And so sometimes it appears as our orbits pass each other that someone is moving backwards from our point of view. And a retrograde 
uh, motion, just like all other symbols in astrology, is symbolic. And it asks us to feel into that energetic archetypal principle, not moving in its normal direction, quote unquote normal, um, but moving in some kind of different deviant otherwise way. And Mercury is the planet that retrogrades the most from our point of view because it's the closest planet to the sun. So its orbit is pretty fast compared to Earth's orbit and it retrogrades usually three times a year. So on the day that Capricorn season begins, on the solstice of 2023, Mercury is already retrograde and the next day it forms its Kazemi inferior conjunction with the sun. This is a symbolic moment of a new idea. And in your chart, Capricorn, oh, sorry, this Kazemi is happening at the first degree of Capricorn. Um, then Mercury is continuing to retrograde back into Sagittarius. So in your chart, Capricorn holds the solar third house. And we start the year with the Capricorn season. January 1st is in the middle of Capricorn season. So Capricorn rules your solar third house. This is the place of your consciousness. Uh, in your overview reading of 2024, I was talking a lot about how you are in a period of your life where um, transformation of consciousness has been a major source of your focus. And the beginning of Capricorn season is marked by this Kazemi. And there's a feeling in my body as I tune with this of a new kind of mental fortitude. It's like you have a new idea about things. You have a fresh outlook. There's something that, that is opening up a new and different possibility. And then Mercury is retrograding back into Sagittarius. <clears throat> and for the rest of the year, uh, the rest of uh, until the new year, Mercury is retrograde in Sag, your solar second house. And this is the place of personal possessions. It includes your self-regard, your self-esteem. It includes uh, your money, your resources. And again, in your year ahead overview, I was talking a lot about your resources, time, energy, attention, money, and all material resources here. And so there's this feeling of a, of a new idea, a fresh idea, and then a kind of consideration around what are you going to need in this new idea? right? Like your, your outlook, your perspective, your prospects are changing. And that means that there are requirements to move in this new space, new direction, new idea. What are those requirements for you? The significance of the seventh house is that there's something practical about them because they involve your attitude, your perspective, what, you know, your self-confidence or self-regard is like, if you're in a new situation, you have to believe that you can do it, you know? And so there may be, you might be in a period of time where you're like hyping yourself up a little bit, or you're like, okay, I got this, or you're trying to figure out what you need to know in order to encounter this new space. Um, and then some of you might be really thinking like materially and practically, how do you get your needs met here? Um, there's a full moon on the day after Christmas, or there was a full moon on the day after Christmas, uh, if you celebrate or observe that holiday, um, December 26th, that full moon was in your fellow water sign, uh, Cancer, and it was a full moon that was activating uh, the part of your chart where Aries is, and Aries is a special sign for you because you share rulership or you share a domicile, excuse me, you are both domicile spaces for Mars. Um, 
And so Aries is also Mars ruled sign, Mars activated sign. And I think that this full moon, so again, think back to the end of December, this is a full moon that is really highlighting a new sense of possibility and opportunity opening up for you. There's an adventure on the horizon. There are new spaces of growth, new spaces of learning. You're kind of at the precipice of some new philosophy forming. You're really like, it feels like full of anticipation. And I think a lot of you are, it's like you're, you're aware of where you want to go and you're aware of where you have been. You're on top of a mountain symbolically, but you're on a long hike. <laughs> so you've made it to the top of the mountain and you're like, whoa, here I am. Look at the view. Okay. But then it's like, okay, where are you going next? What's the next mountain that you're getting to? And so again, there's this feeling of, okay, where are you? What do you have with you? Do you have enough snacks? You know, what are you going to need? And if you don't have what you need, how are you going to get it? So this is the vibe at the end of 2023. And then the very last day of 2023, we have Jupiter stationing direct in your opposite sign Taurus. Jupiter has been retrograde since September of 2023. It was retrograde from 15 degrees. That's where it was in September. Uh, back to five degrees of Taurus. That's where it's stationing direct on, on uh, December 30th or 31st. So if you're a Scorpio placement person with uh, your placements are somewhere between five and 15, then definitely this retrograde has been an important one for you because if you're Scorpio rising, it's in a cardinal angle. It's in your seventh house right now. And if you're Scorpio sun or moon, then it's been opposing your luminaries and that's a big deal. Um, so Jupiter is stationing direct, and the feeling here is that after several months of a kind of contraction, think about since September, <clears throat> you are starting to expand again. And the contraction has been a time in which I think there have been challenges, and some of you may have felt mightily dissuaded, or there may have been almost a certain periods of depression or like, I don't know, you know, this since September, especially in the realms of your relationships and kind of like the realm of other people, I think a lot of you have been trying to figure out what your personal code of conduct ethics are. And that includes for you and for other people. And it's like, this is, these are your guiding principles for being in relationships. And since last September of 2023, there's been a kind of natural coming in, in your own body mind. Some of you have been in a place where you're like, yeah, that doesn't agree with me. That doesn't agree with me. That doesn't agree with me. Or you're like, I know what does agree with me. So I know what doesn't agree with me. And there may have even been like disappointments or aversions or depressions, you know, or feelings of like things can't move forward yet. You may have not, it's like some of you may have been, it's like you had a kind of optimism or energy in the middle of last year, like from May maybe, but then the last quarter of the year, like something was happening where you're not I don't know. Anyways, more of a contraction. But then as we get into the new year, that's shifting. 
and new horizons are opening up in your life and in the world and in the ways especially that you feel yourself in the world like you're a person here in the world and what does that mean and what are you open to and who are you open to and what what's kind of out here like new opportunities are around there's learning that's happening um in your 2024 year ahead reading, I was talking a lot about, you know, how your consciousness has really been changing so remarkably um, for a long time, but also in very specific phases and chapters uh, over the last 16 years. Big phases and chapters, 16, seven or eight years in the last year. Whoo, your consciousness is changing about relationships. And so Entering into 2024, you have a really different idea about how you want to be in them and what is going to be happening. And your relationships have a different idea about you too. We've got something, something new happening these days. This is increased. Um, this feeling is increased on January 1st as Mercury stations direct in Sagittarius. <clears throat> and then Mercury will come into Capricorn um, in Capricorn season on the 13th. Uh, right after the new moon, we have a new moon on January 11th. Um, and the new moon is very close to Mars. Mars has also come into Capricorn by January 4th. Um, and all of those bodies are kind of close to trine aspect with Jupiter in Taurus. Um, so we've got a lot of flow between your third house and your seventh house. There are new kinds of communications opening up in your relationships. You have a new and different kind of availability for communication and other people have new and different kinds of availability to communicate with you. Um, it feels like pathways of comprehension in relationship are clarifying right now and something is becoming coherent. Now, as we move towards the end of Capricorn season, we are moving towards a really important uh, moment, which is the Kazimi of the Sun and Pluto. So from our point of view on Earth, uh, Pluto becomes uh, obscured in the light of the Sun. So if, if uh, at the end of Capricorn season, around January 20th, you go outside at noon, you know, and the sun is at the highest point in the sky that it's going to be in your location. If you squint your eyes, you know, and point your face in the direction of the sun, you're going to be pointing your face in the direction of Pluto. Um, won't be able to see it at night with a telescope. And so we have an infusion now of Pluto consciousness into the vibrancy of the solar field, into our bodies and consciousness. Now, Pluto as an archetypal energy is... They're, uh, they're like a heavyweight champion. <laughs> you don't want to fuck with Pluto. Pluto is the god of the underworld. Don't fuck with Pluto. Pluto is the god of the underworld. Pluto is associated in mythology to the land of the dead. What happens when we encounter the land of the dead? All kinds of things. Some people are very well equipped. Some people come from points of consciousness in their own beingness or in the ways that they have been trained and introduced to, you know, perspectives and consciousness in, in their communities, families. Some people have been given the gifts 
of correspondence with the underworld in ways that other people have not. If you have the gifts of correspondence with the underworld, then you are a person who probably is okay when things fall apart. And it's not that you don't suffer. It's not that you're not upset or scared or pissed off about it. It's not that you don't have your own process, but it's like there's something about that kind of process that it's like you've been like born to navigate it. And a lot of you are like this because you're Scorpios and Pluto is your modern ruling planet. So Pluto was discovered fairly recently in the last couple centuries while the other planets we're working with, astrologers have been working with for like 4,000 years. So your modern ruling planet is Pluto. Your traditional ruling planet is Mars. So as the sun comes into contact with Pluto, there's this kind of like underworld moment happening. And there's definitely an underworld moment happening in the world, right? Like we can see it everywhere. The gods of death in the underworld are here walking amongst the living in ways that are brutal and horrific. But there are also many psychopomps and mediums and also underworld divine beings who are here walking amongst the living moving through our flesh that are about the uh, elements of death that serve life, transformation, right? How do we really let things go? How do we compost the materials that are here? If you enjoyed this season ahead reading and found it supportive, make sure to purchase and download your 2024 year ahead reading now. My year ahead readings are deep dives into the details of the year, special for your sign, with a focus on making the most of the opportunities and meeting the challenges with skill and grace. You'll get a big picture overview that spans the year, connecting 2024 to the past and the future, and providing a larger context than my monthly readings can get into. Find more information in the show notes or in the horoscope section at embodiedastrology.com. The sun is moving towards a conjunction with Pluto on January 20th, and this conjunction is going to be at the last degree and the last arc minute of Capricorn. It's like the very, 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 very end, and this is the last time the sun will make a conjunction with Pluto in Capricorn for over 200 years. Pluto has a very long orbit around the sun. It has been in Capricorn since 2008, and it will never arrive in this place again in our lifetimes. Over the last 16 years, every time the sun was in Capricorn, in Capricorn season, the sun would conjoin Pluto. And in 2024, it's the last time we're going to get this conjunction. And it's at the very, 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 very end of Capricorn. So if you think back to 2008, you're thinking back on a span of time that I was referencing in the 2024 year head reading as a span of time in which you have really needed to become uh, conscious of your consciousness. And Scorpios have been doing important work in the transformation of their consciousness. And this work has been facilitated 
invited and provoked by the ways that you have encountered the lords of death moving in your own conceptual and consciousness patterns. And the unconscious lords of death are the killing forces and the death forces that connect us with the misuse of power in ourselves and in others in the world. So these uh, forces of death are forces of greed and manipulation and endless fucking hunger. They are the sources of objectification and fixation and extraction. They are senseless violence. They are places that respond from insecurity very, very, very deeply. So much insecurity. And on top of all that insecurity is a whole lot of ego. What the ego does when it is trying to maintain its own supremacy is wretched. It will really tear some shit up. And we see that in the world. We see that exampled in all kinds of ways. And you have seen that in yourself in these last 16 years. You have had to encounter the parts of you that are malicious, that are malevolent, that are wretched, that are traumatized, that are deeply insecure, that are totally wrapped up in institutional fuckery, you know, and have internalized that fuckery and turned it into some kind of neurotic patterning. You've been fucked with by other people and by institutions. You have been made to think all kinds of things that do not serve your best interest and do not serve the interest of life, liberty, and happiness here on earth. And in these last 16 years, you have had to wrestle with some demons and you have had to call upon and beseech and petition and cultivate relationships with the lords of the dead that serve transformation and healing. And so this means all kinds of things, but some of you have invested very deeply in psychological work of some kind. And you have been trying to heal your mind and you've been trying to heal your consciousness as it moves through your body, mind, your heart, your heart, body, mind. And your heart, body, mind is naturally, of course, implicitly relational. It is absolutely interrelated with the world around you. And so necessarily part of your own healing has been healing and relationships. And that means that you've had to really work with your own perspective and biases. You've had to work with your fears and phobias, your judgments. You've had to work with communication patterning. You've had to work with um, the ways you keep yourself, you know, imprisoned in your own mental, emotional, psychological limitations. There are many sources of healing that you may have encountered beyond like psychology. You know, there are so many practices that work in the psychological realm or the realms of the psyche. So many practices that have existed and exist that, you know, Western institutions of medicine that named psychology what it is and gave it all its licensures and everything like have been completely stealing from, you know, and like working adjacently with. Um, so many of you may have been doing reclaiming work of indigenous practices, you know, that, and that involves research and learning that involves like taking up practices on your own. Maybe there are ancestral practices in your lineage or bloodline that you have encountered, right? That have become sources of support for you. 
Maybe there are practices that are ancient future technologies like the tarot or Qigong that you have encountered and like they make sense for you right now and you've been able to work with them. Um, there's a lot of people doing work of, you know, consciousness healing in the world in many ways. And because we're working with your third house, then we're also working with the ways that you learn and receive information and give and exchange information and are in conversation and community with others. And so I think that many of you have also really been trying to find the spaces and places and people who are doing this kind of work too. And in that way, the conversations that you've been in have been a source of uh, healing and transformation for you. As you encounter others who have their own approaches and their own experiences, and they are also invested in this work, you know, you're in an exchange with them. There's like a bilateral co-learning environments, you know, that you might be involved in in some ways. And some of you are incredibly invested in the educational aspects of transformation of consciousness. Maybe you're teaching them, you know, and really like in a place where that's the thing where you're focused on. That would be my hope for you. If you have uh, allowed this transit to move through your body, mind, heart unconsciously over the last 16 years, first of all, I doubt you're going to be listening to this. I doubt you will have made it this far. Um, but unconsciousness in this realm of your life uh, would lead to a pretty disturbed mind state at this point and an inability to um, see yourself or others uh, with any amount of compassion uh, or clarity and a lot, a lot of judgment and a really intense feeling of militancy and dominance uh, mentally and in your consciousness where there's a lot of othering and like a feeling of wanting to punish people or a feeling in your body of fear of being punished yourself. And so then there's a complete loss, you know, of agency and capacity to really tune in on an energetic level with your own intelligence. Plenty of Scorpio-identified people out there in the world are getting really activated right now. I'm, I was talking about this in the 2024 reading. Lots of everybody, all the signs are getting activated, but, you know, Scorpio has a particular kind of sting to it. And when Scorpio gets pissed, you better fucking watch out. And if Scorpio is pissed right now, then, uh, you know, it depends on the level of consciousness of that particular Scorpio identity, how they're going to use their anger. Anger as an emotion is an incredibly powerful and incredibly important emotion. It lets us know when something is wrong. But a lot of times anger moves through our bodies in ways that are totally like primal and reflexive and completely unevolved and immature. And, it, and, and it's resonating with so much trauma. So we go into fight, flight, freeze. And then that gets incorporated with our mental states, right? And lack of education or awareness or whatever. Um, and when I say lack of education, I do not mean like the educational system. I mean lack of education about how to be a like conscientious, caring person in the world. Um, and then that can manifest as totally domineering or really paranoid um, kind of mental states. And so that's an extreme, like that's totally an extreme. And inside of that, there may also be certain pings for you 
And if, and if I was saying anything that was like pinging in your energetic body and you were like, yeah, I know the places where I can be really dominating, you know, where I can really engage with like carceral thinking, that person should suffer, right? Like that kind of vengeance mindset. It's like, bruh, it does not do good things for your endocrine system to be in that space. It releases so many stress hormones in your body. It floods your body with inflammation. It's going to mess up your heart. It's going to mess up your digestive system. It's going to totally cloud your perception and mind state. If you are really working with the like underworld forces that are here for regeneration, then when you find the places in yourself that are oriented towards punishment and dominance, and we all have them, okay? Not just Scorpios. Everybody has has like lived in the system, so we carry it inside of us. But when we find those places in ourselves, we have to tend them with so much care, right? We have to tend them with so much care because somewhere in our own body, mind, heart, beingnesses, and in the epigenetics that we carry in ancestral memory, we have been punished, right? And, and, and imprisoned and made to fear for our lives if, you know, if we express ourselves authentically or if we are liberated in some way or if we are imperfect, you know, it's like there, it's, there's such thick punishment mind states on the planet right now. People are being punished for being in their bodies, literally, that's all, being natural in their bodies. We have people who are, you know, non-binary, trans, two-spirit folks being punished just for being who they are. There's a system of pigmentocracy at work in the world of global anti-blackness, people with more melanin in their skin being punished just for being who they are. Literally not doing a fucking thing except for being. How are we going to live in this world if those are like fundamental aspects of our institutional systems and the police state and the military state and the economic state and the educational systems and the healthcare systems and religion, you know, like how are we going to live in this world without internalizing that bullshit? Like you can't. And so when you find the places in your body that have been damaged by those ways of being and now seek to proliferate the damage because that's how trauma works. It's like if it's unresolved in ourselves, then it's, we have to keep feeling it until we address it you know, and we'll give our own, we'll, we'll feel it however we need to feel it. We'll create, create as much suffering as we need to create until like it fucking like comes into consciousness. So when you feel these ways of being in yourself or when you encounter them in the world, how do you approach them from a space of regeneration in your psyche, in your body, mind, consciousness? How do you keep yourself from being weaponized? How do you keep your energy from becoming weaponized? And that's very different from needing to protect or defend yourself or your loved ones. We can fight and protect ourselves actually without becoming weaponized in our hearts. And so as the sun moves towards its conjunction with Pluto on January 20th, this is an opportunity for you to really be conscious of where are the spaces and places in your own psyche that especially in these last 16 years have emerged 
for you to pay attention to. And the big questions here are how, you know, how are you going to get free and be in a consciousness of regeneration and liberation? What are you working with, right? So systems of dominance, hierarchy, better than, less than, ego wounds, ego battles, trying to control, uh, othering, big judgments, big suspicions, paranoia. And how you can address this right now is by doing the internal work of holding those places. So when you feel those ways of being emerging in you, try and locate them somatically. So if you're, let's say you've been, let's say you just watch the news, right? Like, ugh, so triggering these days, forever, for always. The news is terrible. It's how the news gets ad money is to only show you the bad news. There, if we also were really in the business of uplifting humanity, the news would also be full of possibility modeling of like, look at what this community is doing to help each other, right? But the news is in the business of clickbait. So and there's a, a legitimately horrible, horrible things happening. So you click into the news, right? And then you get off and you're like, wow, I'm really activated. And, you know, that situation or whatever. And you start to feel a whole kind of way in yourself. Or maybe you have an encounter in a relationship and you start to feel a whole kind of way in yourself. And it's like all these mental patterns start to work in you that are othering, that are inferior inferioring and superioring <laughs> those are some new words that are in a space of dominance or competition or victimhood or subjugation objectification like there's a battle happening when you feel that in your body mind when you're in that kind of space try and like bring your hands to your body hold your actual physical body breathe with your body and try and calm with your breath the parts of you that are really activated and tense and rigid and and there's a lot of tension in this space so as you breathe you know stretch your body and roll your joints and stretch your jaw and stick your tongue out and like really move your spine and maybe shake a little bit and let the tension in your body dispel and once you've done that for a, for a bit, right? Because it takes a while to get that rigidity or tension out. Then try and breathe in with connection. Breathe in with relationship. And turn your mind towards what you want to be related with, what you want to be relating uh, with. You want to be relating with life. You want to be relating with life in ways that are flourishing and abundant. You want to be relating in many, many directions, in ways that channel support and equilibrium. And you are. When you breathe, you are relating with life. And when you lift your eyes and you look at the sky, or when you move your eyes towards any point of interest, right? Like you can, you can see what's here and now and just consider how life is all around you, even if what you're seeing has been fabricated by humans, even if it's repulsive to you what you're seeing, remember that life is an evolving mystery. 
and whatever you are seeing is in a state of change. It's not its final form. It will break down and transform over time. It is metamorphosed over time. You don't actually know where it's going, and therefore there's potential for healing and love within it. And there's also potential for healing and love to be directed between you and whatever it is that you're seeing. And you want to relate in ways that do the work that I was talking about in your 2024 reading where you kind of like feel yourself liberated in relationship because you understand that everything is changing all the time. This work wouldn't exist without a team. Ashgood is our website manager. Alicia Mauji is our community coordinator. Ariana Sears-Putowski prepares and edits transcripts of these readings. Gabs404 is our visual creative director. Joe Stewart is our office coordinator. And Vera Lumi composed and created this music. Thank you so much for listening. We're wishing you all the best in the season ahead.